1: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the ECON Q2 2020 earnings conference call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. After the speaker's presentation, there will be a question and answer session. To ask a question during the session, you will need to press star 1 on your telephone. Please be advised that today's conference is being recorded. If you require any further assistance, please press star 0. I would now like to hand the conference over to your speaker today, Adam Borgatti. Thank you. Please go ahead, sir.
2: Thank you, Ticheng. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for participating in our second quarter 2020 results conference call. This is Adam Borgatti, SVP of Corporate Development and Investor Relations, speaking. Presenting to you this morning are Jean-Louis Servranx, President and CEO, and David Smales, Executive Vice President and CFO. Our earnings announcement was released yesterday evening and we have posted a slide presentation on the investing section of our website, which we will refer to during this call. Following our comments, we will be glad to take questions from analysts. We ask that analysts limit questions to one or two each to give others a chance and that they requeue should they have any follow-up questions. As noted on slide 2 of the presentation, listeners are reminded that the information we are sharing with you today includes forward-looking statements. These statements are based on assumptions that are subject to significant risks and uncertainties. Although ACON believes that the expectations reflected in these statements are reasonable, we can give no assurance that these expectations will prove to be correct. With that, I'll turn the call over to Dave.
3: Thanks, Adam, and good morning, everyone. I'll touch briefly on ACON's consolidated results. then review results by segment and then address ACON's financial position before turning the call over to Jean-Louis. Turning to slide three, uh, disruption to ACON's business as a result of COVID-19 impacted a number of sectors and operations in the second quarter. Revenue for the three months ended June 30, 2020 of $779 million was 88 million or 10% lower compared to the same period last year. Adjusted EBITDA for the second quarter of 24 million, a margin of 3.1%, decreased by 33 million, or 57%, compared to adjusted EBITDA of 57 million, a margin of 6.6% in Q2 last year. Second quarter operating loss of $1 million was 29 million lower compared to an operating profit of 28 million in the same period in 2019. Diluted loss per share of 10 cents in the the quarter compared to diluted earnings per share of 31 cents in the same period last year. Overall, we estimate that COVID-19 impacts in the quarter reduced revenue by approximately $160 million, adjusted EBITDA by approximately $40 million, and operating profit by approximately $30 million. Reported backlog of $7.3 billion represents the highest backlog position in ACON's history and compares to backlog of $6.8 billion a year earlier, representing an increase of 7%. Now turning to results by segment, as noted on slide four, construction revenue of $778 million in the second quarter was $69 million, or 8% lower than the same period last year. Revenue is lower in civil operations and urban transportation systems, driven by decreases in major projects in both Eastern and Western Canada due to the impact of slowdowns and suspensions related to COVID-19, partially offset by an increase in road-building projects in both regions. Revenue is also lower in nuclear operations, driven by work on the next unit of the main reactor refurbishment at the Darlington Nuclear Facility in Ontario, being delayed from the second quarter to later in the year, again related to COVID-19. Partially offsetting these decreases was higher revenue from utilities operations due in large part to the acquisition of voltage power announced in February and higher revenue in industrial operations, primarily due to increased activity on mainline pipeline projects in Western Canada. Adjusted EBITDA in the construction segment of $28 a margin of 3.6% decreased by 16 million compared to 44 million a margin of 5.2% in Q2 2019 this was primarily due to lower revenue as discussed new contract awards of 1.1 billion in the second quarter of 2020 were 226 million higher than the same period last year driven primarily by new awards in industrial and utilities operations Construction backlog at the end of the quarter was $7.2 billion, which is $483 million higher than at the same time in 2019. Turning to slide five, concessions revenue for the second quarter was $9 million, a decrease of $52 million, or 86%, compared to the same period last year. This was a result of the slowdown and then suspension of commercial flight operations on March 20th and throughout the second quarter at the Bermuda International Airport due to the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as a related decrease in construction activity related to the project. Adjusted EBITDA in the concession segment of 5 million was 18 million lower compared to 23 million in the same period last year, primarily related to the COVID-19 impact on airport operations. Turning to slide six, ACON's financial position, liquidity, and capital resources remain strong and are expected to be sufficient to finance operations and working capital requirements for the foreseeable future. At June 30th, ACON had $20 million of cash on hand, excluding cash in joint operations and restricted cash, and a committed revolving credit facility of $600 million, of which $30 million was drawn and $5 million utilized for letters of credit. When combined with an additional $700 million performance security guarantee facility to support letters of credit provided by EDC, ACON's committed credit facilities for working capital and letter of credit requirements total $1.3 billion. ACON has no debt or working capital credit facility maturities until the second half of 2023, except equipment loans and leases in the normal course. Finally, as referenced in our outlook, as a Canadian employer whose business has been affected by COVID-19, ACON expects to submit formal applications for the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy in the third quarter of 2020 for eligible entities. At this time, the company isn't able to reasonably estimate the entitlement amount for this subsidy due to certain clarifications required, as well as proposed further changes to the legislation governing this program. As such, no amount has been included in the consolidated results of operations for the three and six month periods ended June 30, 2020. At this point, I'll turn the call over to Jean-Louis.
4: Thank you, Dave. Turning now to slide seven, despite the impact of COVID-19 on AECON's second quarter results, our ability to respond with agility to these challenging times to deliver our services effectively while ensuring the health and safety of our dedicated employees, demonstrates the resilience of our business. We remain confident that ACON's diversified portfolio, strong financial position, and safety first culture will be of great benefit as we continue to navigate those evolving market conditions. The construction segment is aligned to the significant infrastructure investment commitments by all levels of government across Canada, as well as by the private sector. The concession segment is pursuing a number of large-scale infrastructure projects that require private finance solutions and participating as a concessionaire on the five p P3 projects identified on this slide. The majority of governments across the jurisdictions in which ACON operates have deemed the types of construction projects that constitute the majority of ACON's contract to be essential services, and therefore, operations are broadly continuing, although in many cases on a modified basis. As this situation may continue to evolve for some time, shifting directives and policies from clients and governments I expected to continue. Turning now to slide 8, the current backlog and level of new awards year to date have remained robust, as evidenced by the record backlog of 7.3 billion at the end of the second quarter. The timing of work to be performed for projects in backlog as at June 30, 2020 is based on current project schedules, taking into account the current impacts of COVID-19 and related slowdowns rescheduling and in some cases suspension of work and agreed future restart dates it is possible that these schedules could change in the future as the COVID-19 pandemic evolves in addition certain projects that were expected to be available to econ to bid on to secure new revenue have been delayed any such delays are currently expected to be temporary Today, there are no projects that were previously recorded in ACON's backlog that have been canceled due to COVID-19. Trailing 12-month recurring revenue was down 11% compared to last year, primarily as a result of the slowdown and then suspension of commercial flight operation on March 20th, 2020, and throughout the remainder of the second quarter at the Bermuda International Airport. Turning to our outlook on slide nine, while the impact of COVID-19 on ACON's operating environment has stabilized during the second quarter, operations continue to be impacted either by client decisions related to schedules or operating policies or due to broader government directives to modify work practices to meet health and safety standards related to the COVID-19 pandemic. During this second quarter, the Montreal REM LRT and Site C projects, where construction had been suspended, restarted bit gradually, particularly with respect to Site C and with modified work practices. In the second half of the year, the main impacts are expected to be from the slow ramp-up, starting in early July, of commercial operations at the Bermuda International Airport, As well as in nuclear operations, where ramp up on the next phase of work on a number of projects has been delayed until late in the third quarter and into the fourth quarter. While the impact to these projects, as well as others, will be to reduce revenue and the normal operations resume, there is no guarantee that all related costs will be recovered, and therefore it is possible that future project margin could be impacted. ACON expects that demand for its services will remain strong following the COVID-19 pandemic, as the federal government and provincial governments across Canada have identified investment in infrastructure as a key source of economic stimulus once the country reaches the recovery phase. In closing, I want to personally thank all of ACON's employees, in particular our frontline workers, for their dedication, commitment, and professionalism during this challenging time. Thank you, be safe, and we will now turn on the call over to analysts for questions.
1: As a reminder, to ask a question, you will need to press star one on your telephone. To withdraw your question, please press the pound or hash key. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from the line of Uri Link of Kanaka Genuity. Please go ahead; your line is open.
5: Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Um, given the, the obviously a lot of
6: uncertainty out there in terms of uh, your ability to recover um, some of these excess costs that you're um, incurring on projects that are that are delayed one way or another due to COVID. Um, should we, you know, in light of that, should should we still expect um, core margins and construction to be able to grind higher, um, or do you think um, a more measured forecast would be uh, appropriate? And, and any way you can kind of quantify um, what we might be looking at in terms of um, excess cost that you that you might have to absorb
4: okay maybe I will make the first part of the answer Yuri and then David will uh, complement it um, we have two kind of operations I mean the one where the clients uh, have been uh, suspending our works. on those one we have no real issues about uh, negotiating compensation uh, in time or uh, in cost Uh, The second one is when our clients have not officially suspended, but the pace of our works uh, have been altered, the productivity of our works has been modified. So for for those ones, first of all, what we have been uh, uh, assessing uh, from March 15 is that we, we have put in place a lot of stringent health and safety measures, When those measures are followed with discipline, it works. It means that uh, we have very few positive cases uh, during the last months from the beginning of this pandemic. It gives confidence to our workers, and uh, of course, the way of working uh, uh, has changes uh, in terms of not sharing tools, not gathering on on, on the front of work, preparing probably better uh, the jobs. Uh, But All those works at essential services are progressing. Now, this being said, uh, it's not evident and uh, quick to assess exactly the impact on productivity. It means that the negotiation about time and cost compensation with our client just takes a little longer. This is where we are at the moment. Maybe David, you want to add uh, something?
3: yeah i mean in terms of specific numbers we obviously don't give margin guidance but on a consolidated basis obviously uh the continued uh impact in bermuda will be a, a drag on margins at a consolidated level um but as you were saying kind of the the key comparison will be construction segment like for like i think Clearly, we're back to something approaching more normal operations in Q3 relative to where we were in Q2. Um, I think the impacts Jean-Louis referred to aren't particularly material, and in most cases we are getting um, uh, cooperation from clients who uh, obviously understand the issues so i don't think there's a major impact in q three certainly nowhere near the extent that we saw in q two. There will be a mix impact um, obviously nuclear continues to be at a very low run rate uh, through the third quarter before we ramp up on the next uh, reactor refurbishment and there's a few other uh, mix impacts, but generally q three will um, be stronger than Q2, and we'll start to look a bit more like a a normal quarter um, in the construction segment, with with a couple of exceptions, uh, uh, nuclear being the main one.
5: Okay. Um, Can you give us
6: uh, any update on um, how traffic is trending at the Bermuda Airport uh, quarter to date?
3: I mean, it's it's very uh, uh, slow at this point in time. There's uh, a few uh, airlines that have uh, started up flights again, so uh, Delta, uh, British Airways, uh, and Air Canada. Um, But as of uh, July 1st, July 2nd, when we reopened, I mean, effectively, the airport opened at at roughly – five to 10% of normal capacity. So that's kind of the starting point and it will slowly ramp up from there. Um, We're anticipating new flights being added in August and and kind of ongoing from there. So at this point, um, it's a very low level and it will ramp gradually over the next few months. Um, And beyond that, I I guess it really depends how uh, things play out more broadly in terms of uh, the development of the, the virus and uh, people's comfort level with traveling and things like that. But it's, uh, it, it will certainly be uh, an ongoing impact through Q3. We're not expecting uh, things to bounce back quickly during Q3. Okay,
5: I'll turn it over there. Thanks, guys.
1: Your next question comes from the line of Frederick Bastien of Raymond James. Your line is open
7: good morning um good morning. with respect to with respect to the um billion dollars of contract awards you um you announced um add being added to backlog um to my knowledge I haven't seen any big press releases apart from the uh, coastal gas link one uh with respect to some compressor and metering work. Um, can you discuss uh, a bit more in detail these these contracts and, and what they mean uh, in the grand scheme of things?
4: Uh, yes, Frederick. It's it's a very interesting question because uh, although impacted by COVID during this, this Q2, what you have noticed is that the work program continues to grow and this $1.1 billion, uh in the quarter of, of the award is extremely interesting. Uh, effectively you have not seen big announcement because uh, most of these jobs are medium jobs uh, industrial jobs uh, utilities job uh, pipeline jobs and uh, this is what uh, makes it uh, interesting um, as you know I mean uh, I'm always saying that what uh, creates the strength and the resilience of Acon uh, is his balance activity I mean uh, balance between concession and construction within construction balance between the different sectors uh balance between east and west and we have uh, seen more jobs uh, coming out and being awarded in uh, in, uh, in the west uh, part of canada and balance between uh, small medium big job unit price target cost or uh, lump sum and, uh, and this is what is uh, what is interesting medium job uh industrial utilities this is what makes the 1.1 billion
7: okay thanks for that that color Uh, just to follow up this uh, coastal gas link contract uh, is in two locations but obviously the one of them is in Kitimat uh, which positions you in a very tight um, territory and and there's not a lot of contractors there Um, and with Obviously, a lot of amount, a lot of dollars are going to be spent uh, through the uh, LNG Canada project. Um, how how are you positioning yourselves for follow-on work um, in Kitimat?
4: So um, we are working on coastal uh, gas line. We have been acquiring and being awarded uh, a certain number of uh, compressor station and uh, additional pumping station uh, near Kitimat, but also in White Lake. Uh, This is what we do at the moment, and it's our core competency. Uh, For the rest of the program of uh, LNG Canada, we shall see uh, on the way uh, when some uh, new works uh, or building works will be released, what will be our position, and if we think we have a competitive advantage, to position ourselves there.
1: Okay. Thanks for that, Colin. Thank you. Your next question comes from the line of Chris Murray of ATB Capital Markets. The line is open.
8: Yeah, thank you. Good morning. Um, So just my first question really is maybe for David and just um, going back and maybe some of the mechanics around the changes you guys made around the airport uh, and the financials. So can you just walk us through a little bit, um, you know, your changes? It looks like uh, you may have rejigged depreciation. And um, I'm also trying to understand, You know exactly what's left in backlog for the construction of the new terminal.
3: Yeah, hi Chris. Uh, So I'll I'll talk to the amortization piece first. The the amortization in Bermuda is related to the concession right that we have on the balance sheet that really reflects uh, the fact that we have uh, the concession to operate the existing terminal before we then uh, transfer over to the new terminal when we'll start to amortize the construction costs of the new terminal over the uh, remaining life of the concession. So um, obviously because uh, uh, there's been no operations at the airport, the the amortization related to that, the the way the accounting works there is uh, the amortization uh, goes hand in hand with uh, the operations and so while operations are suspended there's there's no amortization of the concession right because uh, uh, that effectively gets pushed out into the future so that's that's about an eight or nine million dollar reduction in amortization cost um, as a result of that uh, in terms of um, uh, uh, Sorry, if I forget the second part of the question. now. Uh, you just the remind remaining the construction backlog? Yeah, uh, the remaining construction backlog is uh is pretty small. I mean, we're really down to um the the final fit out of the terminal um, and commissioning of the systems um and really getting the whole thing ready to open. So, uh it's 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 a very small amount. I mean, immaterial in the in the grand scheme of things through the balance of the year.
8: So it's still fair to think that you know construction should be completed by year end is that still the thought? That
3: that's the that's the goal obviously that will be driven by the availability of, of being able to bring people back to the island but but obviously now the airport is open again we're able to do that so barring any um, future waves or changes in the current landscape then yes that's the that's the intention.
8: And then just um, along those lines, if I if I look at Q2 in the concessions business, is it fair to think that you know what we actually saw reported in both revenue and earnings, that would be, you know, would that be reflective of of kind of the pace that you're actually moving in terms of concessions outside of Bermuda? Is that the right way maybe to maybe think about it?
3: To some extent, although don't forget we have some SG&A in that group as well. Um, uh, so it's not just the contribution from Canadian concessions. It's, it's that contribution less the normal SGA that we have, which is the concessions team that are bidding new concessions, uh, including the P3s in Canada, uh, as well as managing all our current concession portfolios. So it's it's not just pure contribution. It's uh, it's also less the uh, the ongoing SGA that we have in that group.
8: Okay, great. Then my final question just uh, I don't know who wants to take this one but um you know the comment about you know some some delays in in project bidding um you know we talked about this actually on the last call and part of that was some uncertainty around funding some of that was just folks trying to kind of determine where things are going um you know a, a very healthy book to bill number in the quarter um which was surprising and and you know sounds like good quality of contract um just any thoughts around, you know, how we should be thinking about bookings through the through the second half of the year, and and any other thoughts around, you know, if there are potential delays?
4: Okay, I I, I will check this one. So um, what I, what I can say is that the 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 bidding pipeline is extremely robust. There had been at the beginning of the pandemic uh, some pushback. Uh, But everything is coming back to normal. Uh, This is primarily driven by by the half a million uh, newcomers arriving in Canada uh, every year, whose people uh, need uh, transport, they need energy, they need uh, clean water, they need uh, highways. And and, and this will not stop. So we are not that much uh, worried about this. Uh, We are very happy about this 1.1 billion uh, during the during the second quarter, and uh, we are also very happy about the quality of what we have been uh, uh, acquiring and the diversity of what is being uh, acquired. So we, we don't have that much of, uh, of worries about what is coming, about the funding. You, you all understand that infrastructure is favored by, by our government. And we will uh, go on uh, bidding with uh, a lot of discipline. As you have seen, I mean, we have a record backlog of 7.3 billion as of today. We are not starving at all. We can choose exactly where do we want to fight, where do we have competitive advantage, and uh, how do we organize our estimation and then our operation. Where do we, where are we going to post our best teams? And 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 life is going on.
8: Okay. Um, so, it's so fair to think that, that you know, you're not seeing any major delays or push-outs on any project any.
4: No, we are not seeing this at the moment.
8: Okay. Thank you.
1: Your next question comes on the line of Maxim Sichev of National Bank Financial. The line is open.
9: Hi, good morning, gentlemen. Good Hi, Maxim. Um, just wanted to follow back on, on Bermuda. I mean, obviously, you know, Q2 there's there's no traffic at all, so I, I can appreciate that you have the ability to sort of match the costs to to the revenue opportunity. But as things are slowly opening up, um, just trying to think about sort of the, the the embedded margin profile, or or is there anything incremental you can do from from a cost uh, management perspective for Q3, Q4? Um, I guess my point is that, you know, can the profitability actually get worse as you don't have enough traffic uh, that goes through the airport? Uh, just, just trying to uh, better understand kind of the, the curvature of, you know, the nascent recovery from from a traffic perspective.
3: Yeah, no, good question, Max. No, a, a, any incremental traffic is uh, effectively drops straight to the bottom line. I mean, the way the fee structure works there is really fees for traffic uh coming in and out and uh, passengers so um there's not really a change to the cost structure obviously the the management of the airport because there's still even when the commercial flight operations were shut down we still need to keep um uh, the workforce there because there are still freight uh planes coming in and out there's still uh, uh regulations that you have to meet and and things like that, so there's very little change in the cost structure going forward and and any incremental volume will uh, will drop straight to the bottom line so so no we shouldn't see any further dip we should see things slowly start to recover from a profitability okay, perspective okay that's very helpful and do you mind just reminding us in terms of uh,
9: how the debt Uh, Attached to the concession uh, sort of works are there any automatic repayments kind of over the next six or nine months Or is it 12 months out just um, if you can provide a bit more color there?
3: Uh, No, nothing uh, that kicks in um, in the short term the 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 debt repayment schedule is over uh, many years and uh, starts to kick in in, uh, a few years into the future so There's really no change in that schedule. Um, Nothing. uh, There's no mechanism to kind of change that. It's not accelerated. It's not delayed. But it's it's a few years out. Yeah. Right. And and I guess a couple of um, uh, quarters ago, you
9: you were discussing potentially attracting, um, you know, an outside party uh, to you know, provide a bit of a mark-to-market on on Bermuda. Um, is it fair to assume that uh, all these things are on hold right now, or maybe do you mind commenting on, you know, some potential additional business development opportunities on the
3: concession side specifically? Yeah, so with respect to Bermuda, I mean, that was a, a theoretical answer to a question of what might we do with that concession in the future. We certainly weren't indicating that we are, uh in the process or were in the process of uh doing any kind of marketing of that or looking for an investor it was a theoretical answer to that something you know exploring what the future options could be uh and all those options are still on the table you know the three options uh that were kind of raised were would you sell it would you keep it or uh, we raised a third option which was potentially sell a minority stake in it we're not active on any of those fronts right now. We're just focused on completing the airport, ramping operations back up, um, and we'll look at you know, what our options are uh, down the road. So I wouldn't expect to, to see any developments on that front um, uh, anytime soon. In terms of other business development opportunities, obviously uh, we're still active bidding P3s in Canada Um, The P3 pipeline remains strong. That model remains uh, something that that governments uh, uh, are committed to at this stage. Um, And internationally, yeah, obviously, um, governments are uh, kind of pausing to figure out what the longer-term impacts might be uh, of the current situation, but but generally – uh, we're still interested in uh, international concessions and uh, moving those uh, dialogues forward uh, as we can. But again, there's nothing imminent on that front at this stage. Okay, fair enough. That's it for me. Thank you very much.
1: Your next question comes from Jacob Bolt of CIBC. Your line is open.
10: Good morning. Good morning. morning. Uh, how, pre- how prepared do you think um, –
3: Uh, the construction industry or or ACON is for a second potential wave of COVID-19?
4: Evidently, much better prepared than for the first wave. Uh, What I've been saying is that we we have just realized that uh, once all our workforce follows the rules on our job sites, it works. Uh, It's about hand washing it's about social distancing. It's about wearing masks It's about not sharing common areas and not only it works But we are just discovering now that it it may improve our way of executing the work We we prefabricate more we prepare more uh, We don't lose uh, time discussing and uh, I mean everybody is very much focused on his task and uh, and this is good Uh, we also know that we have been able to work uh, remotely for all our support functions very quickly and this also has been efficient so uh, we are much more ready i mean now there will not be any uh, learning curve or ramping up uh, if there is a, a second phase and uh, I would say, although we are we are not wishing this second phase, I mean we are we are ready for it.
3: And then I wanted to go back to um, the project bidding activity. Um, so you talked about you know certain projects that have been uh, delayed as far as the ability to bid. Order of magnitude, how much work are we talking about? And then maybe if you can also talk a bit about. Um, uh, is there any evidence of fast-tracking of, of government projects?
4: Okay. Frankly speaking, uh, what has been delayed most of the time is about negotiating with our future eventual clients either, uh, to cover us uh, in front of a second wave or in front of any pandemic. You probably remember that... Uh, uh, the way we were covered in the, in, in the former contracts was diverse. It may, it may be change in law, it may be force majeure, it may be compensation even with partial time relief or partial cost relief. We are now extremely careful, and our clients also are extremely careful. So uh, on each of the projects, it has taken a few weeks to recalibrate our contractual clauses in order to cover us uh, better. Uh, No big deal. Uh, No project uh, has been canceled. So we we are still within front of us uh, a pipeline of something like 40 billion uh, of of major projects and infrastructures. Plus all the medium and small projects. You you have noticed that within the 1.1 billion, uh, most of them are medium projects and small ones. So this is where we are. This is where we are at the moment.
5: In terms of uh,
3: – Jacob, in terms of the second piece of the question, in terms of any potential acceleration that we've seen, certainly in in within that $1.1 billion that you uh, saw in Q2 of new awards is uh, a decent amount of road-building work in both eastern and western Canada. And as we said a quarter ago, that is the area where governments can uh, – most quickly get dollars flowing, um, and we've certainly seen um, in two major markets, uh, Alberta and Ontario, um, the uh, trans- transportation authorities in those uh, in those areas uh, increase their budgets and, and get dollars flowing. So, so yes, we're seeing it in the sectors we expected to see it. In terms of major projects, they obviously take. Uh, take a little longer, but um, there is uh, certainly a willingness by uh, by governments to uh, ensure that um, the pipeline is uh, is active and, and uh, there's lots coming
5: behind it. Thank you. I'll leave it there.
1: Your next question comes from the line of Michael of TD Securities. Your line is open.
10: Uh, thank you. Good morning.
4: Good
10: morning um appreciate the uh, the detail you provided in terms of your assessment uh around what impact covid nineteen had on your revenues and EBITDA uh I'm just wondering if it's possible to break that uh those two numbers down between the two segments yeah
3: so um from an EBITDA perspective it was uh Roughly 50/50 between construction and and concessions, Um, but then uh, at the operating profit level, it was more two-thirds construction, one-third concessions, because of that amortisation difference on the uh, on the concession side. Um, So that's kind of the split at the profitability level. At the revenue level, um, the lion's share of it is construction. uh you know kind of 80 90 percent of it was uh was constriction related revenue
10: okay that's helpful thanks dave um second question uh last quarter you suggested that you had eliminated all non-essential spending uh reduced discretionary capex and were evaluating various cost savings opportunities in in light of the pandemic uh with some stabilization in, in the operating environment um now have any of those expenses started to come back up, or do you expect that they'll remain? Uh, those savings and, and expense reduction initiatives will remain in place for for the foreseeable future.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, as you said, most of the operations are uh, up and running. So there's, there are limits to how uh, deep we can go on on those initiatives, but certainly where we can continue to um, uh, reduce discretionary or non-essential spend or defer things while we still have impacts from Bermuda, for example, um, and nuclear delays and things like that. But that's, that's an ongoing effort. Uh, I wouldn't expect further cuts over and above, but in terms of maintaining some of the reductions, that's certainly the goal uh, as we go through the second half.
10: And and just a follow up on that, as far as CapEx um looks like it's sort of running flat with where it was last year. Is, is is would you do you have a full year number in mind? Uh does that look lower by the time we get to the end of the year? Uh yeah, overall, um by the end of the year, in terms of our typical
3: CapEx spend, which is mainly equipment driven, it, it it will be lower. We did have higher capex in Q1 um, before the pandemic hit, which was uh, in large part due to the purchase of a uh, a facility, a property that houses all our equipment and maintenance uh, facilities in Ontario. So that that for the full year kind of has an impact on the overall comparison. But if you exclude Q1 through and, and just look at the balance of the year uh we do expect capex overall to be uh a fair bit lower than uh uh 2019
10: okay and then uh, lastly can you comment on the voltage power acquisition uh how that's going it it uh looks like it generated 23 million dollars of revenue in the second quarter uh which on a run rate basis um seems to be trending well above the 60 million dollars of annual revenue Uh, that that it generated over the last three years before you acquired it. Um, Is that step up reflective of of revenue synergies or is there some seasonality we need to think about or just try and understand um, if you can comment on what's driving uh, seemingly very strong performance there?
3: So, yeah, you're you're right, Mike, in terms of the run rate relative to uh, uh, kind of historic Having said that, uh, the, the run rate would have been stronger still without COVID. There were some projects in the uh, uh, voltage business that were pushed out to the right a little bit in terms of some delays through the second quarter. Um, so we're still um, happy with that business and how uh, how it's developing. Um, but there were some impacts on the revenue uh, through Q2, and there is a fair bit of seasonality in that business as well. Um, it, much like the pipeline business, it, it, it can be kind of up and down between quarters. It's not um, it's not a business that is very smooth over time. Um, but yeah, so far so good in terms of uh, how that business is developing. But but still very early days, obviously.
10: Okay, thank you very much.
1: Your next question comes from Mona Nadir. Your line is open.
2: Good morning, and thank you for taking my questions. Hi, um, morning. Hi, I'm just looking at the quarter and just hearing your comments today. I mean, you made a tuck-in acquisition, although it was small on the telecom side. Revenue was ahead, uh, backlog was up 4% sequentially, and Bermuda's now reopened. I'm just wondering, as you have greater clarity on COVID's impact, do you think that you're going to be giving yourself some more breathing room, or perhaps more optimistic? You're more optimistic in your outlook, given perhaps the worst period is likely
5: in the rearview mirror. I mean,
4: our, as contractors, I mean we are always optimistic, and we try to cope with uh, with conditions. But it, it's sure that uh, that Q2 has been uh, heavily impacted. Uh, you have seen it. Uh, as I I've been saying, I mean, uh, business is going on. Uh, pipeline is strong. Uh, ACON is uh, is getting stronger and stronger due to its uh, balance activity, due to all the efforts we do about operational excellence, uh, about uh, uh, training our people, about our ACON university. So, uh, yes, we, we have optimism, and we will try to, to go on our path to complement our existing activities with, uh, with other ones that make us uh, more resilient and, and
5: stronger.
2: Okay, thank you. And just secondly, I appreciate your comments surrounding the Bermuda Airport and possible uh, long-term outcome scenarios. I'm just wondering, have you received any external interest in the airport over the last few years?
3: We have, I mean, we're we're active in the concessions business. We we're, we're talking to people all the time about opportunities, about different things. But but no, there's been no serious inquiries. There's been no serious uh, discussions around uh, uh, the future of the airport, other than internal. Um, so no, um, nothing of any note. No.
2: That's great. Thank
5: you. It's-
1: your next question comes from Zabaha Khan of RBC Capital. Your line is open. Right,
0: thanks and good morning. Um, just on the DNA side, uh, you know, I think in the past you made some comments about kind of the flip between when the new terminal opens, the DNA is expected to moderate, but interest goes up. But in light of um, you know some of the push out on the construction side, and maybe help us think about when we expect to get that flip between sort of DNA and interest and how you expect DNA to evolve maybe over the next few quarters?:
3: Yeah, so that that, will, um, that transfer should happen early in the new year. it all goes according to uh, schedule, so that's when you would see that that change happen. Um, effectively, what you should see through the second half of this year is amortization uh starting to increase uh, uh relative to where it was in q2 uh, not necessarily back to where it was in q3 and q4 last year um, and then uh, uh, that transition happening early in q1 uh, should see uh, amortization at a lower run rate than we've had historically uh, going forward um, offset to some extent by the fact that we will at that point start expensing interest that through construction is being capitalized. So so that should all happen uh, uh, early in Q1.
0: Okay, thanks for that. And then I think there was a comment in the MDNA, if I caught it correctly, that um, some higher DNA was attributable to some new construction equipment being rolled out. I was just lining that up with kind of the directional impact on construction revenue being lower year over year. I'm just trying to figure out, was that additional equipment, just new equipment being rolled out, or should we read that as, you know, there's more equipment out on the site versus last year?
3: It's really driven by CapEx last year that is uh, uh, obviously depreciated going forward. We, As the business is growing and as uh, um, uh, CapEx keeps pace with that, then obviously depreciation would would increase commensurate. So this wasn't new capex being purchased in Q2 that was depreciated in Q2. It's more the ongoing impact of revenue growth over time and equipment we've been purchasing through the last uh, 12 to 18 months. Um, a lot of that growth coming in the civil sector where there's uh, you know high uh, equipment components and things like that. So um, it's, it's really based on historic
0: uh, capex. Okay, that's helpful. And then just to follow-up on the earlier discussion about the Bermuda Airport. You know, as you start to ramp up, are you able to share perhaps what percent utilization or number of flights you need to have at that airport for you to kind of break even, at least on an EBITDA basis? I know you indicated you're maybe at about 5 to 10%, but what sort of the level you're looking to hit to get to break even maybe?
3: Yeah, I mean, to get to breakeven, it's
0: uh, –
3: you you can operate at a reasonably low level versus kind of normal capacity uh, to hit breakeven. The the costs – the overall fixed costs are not that significant um, relative to the size of the operation, so uh, we expect – you know, even operating at a relatively low level, kind of ten to twenty percent, um, we would be at least uh, break even at that point.
0: And then this last one, I guess, based on current levels or current trajectory, is that something you'd have maybe, you know, exiting Q three at some point, or too early to tell?
3: Yeah, well, I think I, I said earlier we're currently operating
0: at. Um,
3: five to 10%, um, and we expect to see that slowly ramp up uh, through Q3, uh, but how quickly that ramps up, I mean, it really comes down to individual airlines and how quickly they add flights and how quickly passengers uh, um, uh, come back onto those flights, so it's very hard for us to predict at this point in time. It's uh, it is something that we see uh, we go, We see going past those numbers uh, through Q3, but it's very uncertain at this point
10: in time.
0: Great. Thank you.
1: Your next question comes from Jean-Francois Labroix. The line is open.
5: Yes. Good morning. Morning. So just
8: coming back on the uh, attacking acquisition you did in the uh, telecommunication space, I was just wondering if you could provide an update on how the uh, recurring portion of your business is performing so far in Q2 and maybe what are your expectations for the second half?
5: Thanks. I mean the biggest piece uh,
3: the biggest impact on recurring revenue in the quarter was with Bermuda operations uh, that revenue all goes through recurring revenue uh, so obviously that had a uh, an outsized impact in the quarter outside of that with our utilities business which is the other major component um overall you know kind of business as usual uh, generally in that space um, and utilities business continues to uh, uh, perform well um, obviously as bermuda ramps up again then we expect to see that uh, come back into that recurring revenue um, and, and utilities, we we continue to see good growth opportunities there. So, uh, obviously, the voltage business is part of our utilities group. This, this small acquisition in Manitoba is just another example. It's, it's very small in and of itself, but it allows us to uh, grow in another market, uh, similar to a small acquisition we made in the same space in Quebec, uh, and the maritimes uh, last year. Um, you know, we continue to build out that footprint, and uh, we see good dynamics in that market.
8: And is there any other spaces or geographies where you would like to uh, to to make some tech in acquisition to uh, to uh, solidify your position? I mean, I what
5: probably- what
4: you have seen is that uh-huh. that. The- Telecommunication is, uh, is of importance for us. Uh, also, expanding in, in territories where we are not that much present is, uh, is important for us, and this is where we are at the moment.
5: Okay, and maybe one last for me
8: on the NCIB side. Uh, now, now that the impact of COVID-19 on operations has started to stabilize, do you, then start to, uh, do you intend to restart your, uh, your program in time soon or you prefer to wait maybe to see uh, how COVID
5: uh, turns out in the next quarter?
3: Yeah, I would say there's still obviously uncertainty around how this uh, virus will develop through the balance of the year. Um, we're obviously no experts on that so uh, we're kind of in wait and see mode uh, just like everybody else and uh, while we have the flexibility under the NCIB uh, to be opportunistic, uh, I, w- I would say our general approach right now is very much wait and see. Perfect. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks.
1: There are no further questions at this time. I would turn the call back over to the presenters.
2: Thanks very much. Uh, we appreciate everyone's interest and attention today. As always, feel free to follow up with uh, Invest Relations if you have questions. Uh, We encourage everybody to be safe, enjoy the balance of your summer, and we will uh, speak to you again in the uh, third quarter. Take care.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect.